Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, we're going to explore a question from a listener. We'll call him Mike. A company wants to buy his site. And I'll use a generic example, and we'll go through some of the thoughts that I have and You'll have to bear with me. I'm going to try to read a decent amount of the email and reading is, it's tough. Reading's tough out loud. I'm getting better at it, I think, but just bear with me. I'm going to do my very best. Before we get to it, I want to thank a couple sponsors. One is Ezoic. I've been working with them for a few years. They're great. And I've been really enjoying the you know, the earnings from a particular website. I just turned on the Ezoic earnings and ads back at the end of January and it's performing really well. You can also check out their product Leap, which helps your website load faster and get green and core web vitals. Related is niche website builders. I'm working with them on a case study where we are publishing 200,000 words of content or so over the course of four months. We're about two-ish months into it. I've published about 90 articles or so at this point, at least the day that I'm recording it. And I started to dive into the search console analytics a little bit more deeply to try to tease out whether or not the newest content is getting traffic, if it's getting more impressions, and sort of how the rankings are working out. So I can see there are more impressions very clearly, and there are more clicks. And a couple things that I see is you know certain pieces of the content are getting more traction faster than others, and it could be because of the topical relevancy and that sort of thing. Anyway, Niche Website Builders and I are working on it. We're about halfway through. And you can check out some of the other podcast updates that I've provided around the whole case study. And there's actually YouTube videos and blog posts that I track everything. I'm publishing it in different formats just to uh, provide a little more variety. And I'm kind of staggering it too. This is another peek behind the scenes, but instead of just taking the exact same bullet points and the same content for the previous month and just putting it in a blog post and then a YouTube video and a podcast, I am I figured out how to make it more complicated for myself. So instead of doing the easy way, I'm staggering what I'm publishing. So everything is sort of a little bit different. Every podcast is different than a YouTube video. Some of the you know core you know analytics and metrics, of course, those are going to be the same, but it's a little bit different and you're tracking along. So, I mean, really, I'm trying to encourage everyone to listen and, and check out each piece of content, watch the YouTube videos and look at the blog post, but it also makes it more interesting for me. Instead of just repurposing the same thing, I'm revisiting this case study a little more often. Anyway, check it out. And I'm monetizing the site with Ezoic and report the EPMV and all those kind of details. So with that out of the way, let's get to the question from Mike. And I'll mention that I'm going to read out a couple of podcast reviews. I haven't looked in a uh, little while here over on the Doug show. And I saw there, there's some fresh ones and I love that. 
So do fill those out and, or not, not fill them out, but if you're compelled, if you have a minute, maybe you're sitting on the toilet and you're like, hey, I'm thinking of Doug, of course, uh, that's when you would think of me. And you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to leave a review on iTunes or I, iTunes is best, I think. But if that's not your thing, Spotify or somewhere else. But anyway, if you leave a little review, I'll potentially read it on an upcoming show. Like I said, I don't look too often, but um, yeah. And I can't remember if I said this guy guy's name is uh, Mike or Mark or Matt or whatever. I made it up to protect the innocent. But let's move on. So I got this email and it, the subject line is large company offering to buy all my articles, advice needed. And I thought this is great. So he sent it to feedback at doug.show. So this is a, a place where you can email me and maybe feature a question on the show. Hi, Doug. First of all, absolutely love your podcast. I'm a longtime listener and you've been extremely helpful to me and my business. My name is, we'll call Marky Mark. My name is Marky Mark, and I am, I'm going to make up the actual profession. I'm a hiking guide. I like hiking. I'm thinking about hiking sometime soon. So Marky Mark is a hiking guide. I've been building a hiking website with affiliate and informational content over the past couple of years. I was approached by the CEO of a large company in the hiking guide industry with an offer. They found my site through a post I made on a Facebook group and they absolutely loved all the content I've been producing. They reached out to me directly and have been highly complimentary. Just today, they asked me if I'd be interested in selling them all of the content on the site for their blog, as well as joining their team as a writer and content producer. I'm definitely intrigued by the offer since it can be a great, reliable, stream of income, and it shows me that I've been producing some really high quality content. It's kind of a proof of concept in a way. My big question is, how much would I go about selling these articles for? There are 60 articles with about 65,000 words total. Many of them are affiliate articles selling high ticket items like uh, hiking gear and other expensive equipment. All of the articles are written with excellent SEO practices. I rank in the top 10 on Google for about 40 keywords, and 18 of them are ranking first. Quick commentary. That's fantastic. That, that's, those are really good metrics overall. 60 articles, and you have 18 keywords ranking number one. That's pretty cool. So back to Mark's question here. Since this is such a highly specialized field and the topic needs to be written by a professional, I feel as though I can sell the articles for a premium price as well as charge a premium price for articles written for them in the future. What would you suggest a decent pricing range for the articles uh, or for the future articles? Maybe $300 an article, $400 an article. I'm a little out of my element here since I've only written for my own site. Any information you could share would be extremely appreciated. Again, huge fan of the show and all the helpful things you do for us entrepreneurs. Thanks, Marky Mark, member of the Funky Bunch. I made up that part. Okay, so a lot to unpack here, and I did reply back. This is often what I'll do, just so you know, if you shoot me an email at feedbackdug.show and you have a legit question, I try not to you know, dole out uh, sort of like free coaching, but these are not that I have an issue with that. It's just a time management situation, but the, 
thing is I'll reply back sort of quickly, kind of short answers, short sentences. And if it goes anywhere interesting, then I'll, I'll ask, hey, can I share this in a generic way on the show? It sounds like it, it's something that people might run into, something that people might be interested in. So this is what I, what I do. Here's what I wrote back. Hey, Marky Mark, I loved the work that you did with the Funky Bunch. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Hey, Mark, thanks for reaching out and the support. I have no idea. It, this is unusual. In this case, you can come up with a number that makes sense for you, a number that you could be happy with, even if the site does really well later. Or if you find out they would have paid you 3x more, as long as you're happy with the number that you mentioned, then you could be okay with it. Three to $400 per article might be too cheap for specialized content. And remember, the, the content is you know about a thousand words long on average. So that's three to four cents per word if I'm doing the math right. And ho hopefully I am. But basically, it could be a little cheap, especially if they're, you know, trying to buy up all your content and you put a lot of time into it. So I did ask how much the site was earning and how old it was. Now, I also mentioned if you have an unrealistic vision of what the site is worth, based on your idea of the potential. I mean, I can't blame you for that. No one can, especially if the site's ranking high for a modest number of posts, uh, or if it's ranking very well, even though you have a modest number of posts. Also, for the company, it's a strategic buy. They're literally going to be able to get more out of it than somebody outside of the industry. So for them, they might be able to get a huge return quickly, which does make more sense for them and it makes it more valuable. So you could just ask them what they're looking to invest and go from there. Even if they lowball, you, you can come back with something big. You were doing your thing beforehand and you don't need them. You can keep doing whatever you're doing and grow it bigger, however you want to do it. And moving on. Mark says, thanks for the reply. Please feel free to use it as a topic in the podcast. I, I did ask about that. So regarding the site, it's making 500 bucks a month now in the via affiliate links, and it's getting about 5,000 visitors per month. And he's confident that it will hit 10,000 visitors in the next six to eight months. And at that point, I was planning to monetize with an ad network. It's about two years old and I've been running a backlinking campaign for the last six months and have been successful as a domain rating from hrefs of 13. And thanks again for the response. I'm planning to email them back and have a bunch of questions and have another meeting and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so Matthew wrote back and said that he had a second meeting with a company. So I'm gonna go back and read the email and I'm gonna try not to switch my... Uh, my tense and pronouns, and I'm just going to read it here. So Doug, I had the second meeting with this company and they're looking to purchase the current site and bring me on as a contributor. I think it went really well and I have a few questions I want to run by you. I monetized the site with affiliate links and have seen some positive results despite getting only 6,500 page views a month. So it's grown a little bit. I've asked for, and they agreed to, let me keep 100% of the affiliate income if I were to transfer my current articles to their site and then write future articles for their site as well. 
they have a very large customer base of subscribers and their site gets about a million page views per month, which Mark says that's their claim. Since they're a software subscription company, which you know caters to the hiking guide community. I was pretty ecstatic to hear them agree to this and I'm wondering if there's something I'm missing. They don't really have a consistent blog established, but they're getting about 10,000 page views organically and have a domain rating of nearly 3x of what my site is. So remember it was 13, so 39 is what theirs is. Going back to the email, to me, this seems like a great opportunity since I would immediately have a much larger audience and it would still be able to you know, bring in money from those affiliate links. Am I overlooking something that could be a downside? I would, of course, get this all in writing and sign some proper contracts before jumping in. I recognize that I'll be losing my site, but to me, the prospects seem much larger by riding the wake of this larger brand with solid name recognition. They've been pretty much, they pretty much told me that they want me to come in and run their blog exactly how I'm running mine. It works as a way to generate more organic page views and possible customers for them while I get to collect affiliate money. There's also the possibility of future ad revenue as well if they were open to the idea. Again, I want to thank you for taking so much time to read and respond to me. I appreciate the help an effort from you both directly and from the podcast. Thanks again, Marky Mark of the Funky Bunch. Funny thing, I didn't plan on this whole Funky Bunch nonsense, but I have to say that Feel the Vibration was one of the great songs of the 90s. So before I I go on and, and mention a couple other things here, if you have any opinions on this, I would love to hear it. Feedback at Doug.show. This is truly kind of an unusual situation. It's something we don't hear of too often anyway. Acquiring sites is, or I guess acquiring businesses is not super unusual in the business world, but it's a little bit more unusual for a site sort of in this space. And I mean, it makes sense, especially if they liked, if the company liked what Mark was doing, it makes it very easy to, you know, continue working together. It sounds like they may have common goals. Mark is, sounds reasonable, even though he's put in, you know, many hours and tens of thousands of words over the course of two years, the site's growing. He thinks it has a really nice trajectory right now. It's out of the sandbox and he's in a position where he can continue running the blog, continue earning the money, and it's a win-win. They're not sort of pure competitors. It's just the same audience. And this, this makes a lot of sense to me. I'm not sure what I would do in this case. There is such you know big potential for you know the site growth. And the fact is, if there are that many page views and it's growing and he's earning good money. Like, you know, this is the point in time where if he all of a sudden started reinvesting, you know, Mark could grow the site from, you know, 650 bucks a month to $5,000 a month. And it's weird. It's much shorter than you might expect until you have gone through it. Like it, it doesn't quite make sense, but 
once you're out of the sandbox and you start publishing more and more content, things get really interesting. So I did write back and I said, I don't see any major issues other than, you know, not having the site, you know, you're losing the site, which Mark acknowledged directly. The thing is, you should think about all of the bad scenarios that can happen and account for them in the contract. When everything is good, I mean, shit's easy. When things get weird, when plans go differently than what we expected, that's when you need the contract. When everything's fine, you really don't have any problems. You don't need to turn to the contract for anything. The key is deciding what you want to do before anything goes wrong, hence, you know, going through the contract. It does, I mean, it's kind of a buzzkill because you have to go through and figure out what to do when there's disagreements. That is what the contract is for. So I did provide a couple sort of quick responses, uh, or sorry, quick examples, just to get back to Mark and, you know, he could think through it. A lot of them will be distilled down to a couple areas, but I'm sure you could come up with a bunch of others. And I mean, you really should think of sort of worst case scenarios, which again, it's not pleasant. It's not a fun thing to do, but it can be very helpful in the future. The best case scenario is you figure out the worst case scenarios and they don't happen. You, you never have to turn to the contract. Everything plays out well. So the quick examples, what if a new manager or you know operations person wonders why Mark is doing anything with the site and then wants to end the arrangement or you know kill whatever is in place? What if this software company gets purchased by another company? What happens to the arrangement that you had? They may see that as an opportunity to you know kick you out and you never had a specific agreement with them. What if the affiliate links start making way more money than what you thought and what the company thought, and now they want a cut of it? Could be totally possible, especially with sort of high-end products, high-ticket products. And if you're able to go in and maybe work out some specific deals, some better affiliate commissions with companies, that could be... I mean, that could be super profitable and it could change the way they view it. Now, what if you don't like the the direction of the company and then figure out you don't want to do it anymore? You don't want to provide the, the content anymore. And I mean, it could be bad enough where you're like, I don't even want to earn money from this site anymore. Even if I could, I just, I don't believe in whatever it is they're doing. I don't know why that would happen, but that's, that's the idea right? You have to think of all these bad scenarios. So one more quick example, what if you decide you don't like the work and you want out, but you still want to earn from your content or something like that? Maybe a new manager comes in and you just don't like working with them. So there's a lot of scenarios that could pop up. Again, many of them distill down to you don't want to work with them anymore or they don't want to work with you anymore. There could be other stuff. You know, what if some, uh, you know, unfortunate thing happens? What if 
But if you're um, disabled in some way and, and you're like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. I, I, I want to quit this, but you know, you guys still have to pay me for the affiliate stuff. So those kind of scenarios are important to go over and just to be redundant and mention it again and really emphasize it. When everything's going fine, you don't need the contract. The contract's there for the exception cases, the times when you have a disagreement. So, Mark, let us know how it goes. This is a very interesting scenario. And, you know, depending on the industry that people have a website in, this may come up. I was actually talking to a friend recently who has a site that started as an affiliate site. Later, it grew into a site that has uh, courses and advertising, uh, very common, right? There's other pieces of the marketing channels as well. And the idea is to grow the site so that a competitor will want to buy it. And that's kind of a, you know, classic thing, you know, you grow and then at some point you're like, all right, I'm, I, I would actually sell out for a reasonable offer. And, you know, I'm not married to, to this thing. I can sell it and move on and work on other projects. So it could be a scenario that you do run into. Again, if you have any opinions to do, let me know. Feedback at Doug.show. It sounds like uh, Mark may be close to a decision sometime soon. All right, let's hit some of these reviews, these actual reviews. So you can go leave a rating or review over on iTunes or elsewhere. But I think, you know, iTunes get, or it's not even iTunes, it's like Apple podcast or whatever they changed the name to, but it gets the majority of listens. And at least on the US version over here, we're sitting at 39 ratings, very close to 40. I would love it if we, you know, got a few more. I have a lot of, a lot of shows out there. And I know a lot of people do listen. So again, if you find yourself on the toilet with a few minutes and, uh, you know, that's what, where people do social media. I mean, I think that's a proven fact. All right. So this one is from Diana K9. This is uh, from back in February, just a couple months ago. Headline is case studies and SEO tips. I discovered the Doug show last year after searching for a new niche site podcast and case studies. I have even been slowly going back through the old episodes, learning how other people are actually doing with their niche site projects or what sets Doug apart or Doug's show apart and uh, especially the case studies. I was doing so well reading up until that point. Okay. We got another one here from Mullet Maniac. Awesome name. This one is from January, 2022. I love the Doug show exclamation. It's great. New episodes are always showing up in my feed and I have a hard time keeping up with them, which is a good thing. I learn a lot about online publishing from Doug and his guests and I'm able to implement the ideas immediately after listening, oftentimes making noticeable improvements and impacts over time. I appreciate his, and then it, it's cut off here, but I appreciate the uh, review, both five-star reviews and that's Awesome. And I think I think there's one more sort of fresh-ish one here. All right. October 24th. And this is happy to be a repeat customer. The headline is great content, case studies, and some off-topic. Five stars. Love it. All right. I love how Doug can talk to people in the marketing industry or random people that are interesting. 
I've been surprised that I listen to episodes with topics that I don't care about. Keep up the good work, Doug. And I think that that's cool. I do try to talk to some random people occasionally. I think we can learn from stories outside of our normal like case studies and directly in our industry. A lot of times there are overlaps in marketing or ideas that we don't think about immediately. But now that I've done really a few hundred shows here, and when you consider all the work that I've done on YouTube as well, a lot of stuff, when I see it, I look immediately or my brain does look at the marketing channel and some of the ideas that we could take and use them for our sites or whatever marketing we are doing. A couple quick examples on that. I I haven't set up this interview, but I've been watching this YouTuber. I think he has a niche site as well, but he's a YouTuber who has been building his first guitar, an acoustic guitar, and he... He was a woodworker, so he, he kind of knew what he was doing from a woodworking standpoint, but he's building a guitar and he didn't know what he was doing. It was his first time. He took an online course and he documented the whole year and a half building process. I think there are 17 videos or total or 17 videos or so in the, the total playlist. And it's pretty cool. I mean, the videos are somewhere between like 10 and 20 minutes typically. So kind of on the, you know, the longish side, a couple of them are over 20 minutes, I think. And it's it's super interesting. And I'm watching it for the guitar building portion. It's just kind of fun to, to watch that. And the guy makes mistakes and, you know, shows his frustration and like, ah, oh, you know, I goofed up on this part. I'm going to have to do it again. Here's how I messed up. I'm not sure how I messed it up, but you know, here's how we're going to fix it. And goes through all the all the painful stuff. And I know based on some of the comments that some experienced guitar builders watch his videos too. And they're they're watching him go through the process just cuz he's entertaining. The point being it seems like he's just a guitar builder, right? But he's producing YouTube videos and getting thousands of views per video. And he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, no offense, uh, Chris, but he didn't know what he was doing in the beginning. Now he has a pretty badass guitar that sounds pretty amazing. So it's very inspiring. I'm not ready to pull the trigger on building guitars yet. I could spend you know, the rest of my life practicing really hard and you know, still not be close to mastering anything, but the videos are super engaging and we can learn from that. Additionally, he has a blog as well, which I'm trying to remember if I even checked it out, but he's dabbled in online, digital marketing, blogging, affiliate marketing, and the like. So there's a clear overlap of his skills and his interest. And there's a, you know, there's a good chance, like I said, I haven't pulled the trigger to uh, reach out and see if he'll be on the show. But, you know, I could, we could talk about guitars and have a good time with that stuff. But, you know, he has all these marketing skills and things he's learned by producing YouTube videos as, you know, 
someone who has no background in the particular content area. And even though he had done some woodworking YouTube videos, it's not what his channel was about, right? He wasn't a guitar builder channel. He was a woodworking channel and just some other random projects and shit like that. So the second example is the person I'm taking guitar lessons from. A blues musician named Christina Vane. She's out of Nashville now, but I think she was in LA for a few years. And she has a pretty big Instagram following. She, I think, is able to, I mean, she does tour. I mean, I take lessons from her as well, but she tours. And I mean, my lessons are about to stop because she's going on tour for the summer. And, you know, the fact is she has a big Instagram following that she built up and she's using that to, you know, get people to her shows and she has a new album out. And as I know, people want to promote their stuff. So I was like, I bet she'll be on my show, even though I'm the wrong, I'm the wrong person to interview her and uh, you're potentially the wrong audience to listen to it, but she's a marketer at heart. Uh, she's a blues musician at heart, but she she does marketing because you know she's trying to figure out how to make the business work. So there's all these lessons we can learn, and you know, back to the point. Hopefully, like we're able to have interesting conversations with people, even though it's outside our core, you know, niche site case studies. Which, side note, earlier this year, at the beginning of the year, I was publishing more entrepreneurship interviews. And it just happened to work out that way when I was scheduling interviews at the end of the year in 2021. So the beginning of the year kicked off with a very lackluster number of downloads because it wasn't the, you know, the core topics that people want to listen to. Some people did, and I appreciate it. Those are the, you know, the hardcore folks. Um, But when I started interviewing people from the audience, people out in the field, building sites, new people building sites and trying to figure everything out. The downloads improved almost overnight. I mean, there there was no question as soon as I changed up some titles, even though the other headlines were pretty good as far as a general entrepreneurship kind of topic, they just weren't getting the same kind of downloads or listens. So I realized I needed to to balance it out a little bit more, stick to the core topics that we care about. And I can sprinkle in some of the other stuff occasionally, maybe sneak it in to the an end of an episode like this one. I think that's good for today. Have a, a wonderful rest of your afternoon or morning or evening or a workout or commute or whatever it is you're doing. And if you want to leave a review out there, I would love it. I'm going to try to, uh, you know, hop out there a little more often, but maybe try to remind people to do the reviews. I think, I don't know if it helps improve downloads or anything else, but it is good to see some fresh ones every now and then, maybe like once a month, that would be good just to have like a new one out there. It adds up over time. And I mean, this is show 355. We've been doing this for a little while now. Okay. That's all. Catch you on the next episode.